Welcome back to Nerd is the New Cool. I'm Justin, and with me as always, my good friend John. What's happening, bud? Oh, not much. Just ready to talk some football. Are you ready for some football? So why are we doing this episode? First of all, we're talking football and media. We're picking some of our favorites, not necessarily the best, but hey, the Super Bowl just happened, and we thought what a great time to kind of dive into that, right? Yeah. So we and we had when we were, you know, brainstorming on this, we had several different options as far as which movies we wanted to compare and which kind of like genres or college pro amateur high school like we came up with a lot of different combinations so we'll probably do you know a couple more of these but we started off with two two college movies well and well we'll, let's talk some honorable mentions first were you surprised by how many nerdy omissions that we had to include in this list yes and no yes because there really are a lot but no because it's football (laughs) <laughs> I don't care what anybody baseball might be America's pastime, but football is the most popular sport in this country. Yeah. And I guess since the seventies, really, there have been a lot of fil- like football renditions, whether it's on television or in, in the, and on the big screen. Yeah. And, uh, and now, you know, as we'll mention, start starting, starting to get into reality TV. Yeah. Well, so let's start. So the first one that we omitted a TV show called ballers, the show, premiered on HBO from 2015 to 2019 and it's basically about well it's about a group of football players and their families and friends and then also the people who handle them it stars Dwayne the Rock Johnson the John Rock. David Was- the Rock John David Washington Donovan W Carter and also Troy Garrity and um um Rob I can't remember his name Rob Riggle no not Rob Riggle Bald guy, anchorman. Bald guy, anchorman. Oh, um, waiting. He's the manager in waiting. He's the sports guy in anchorman. This is pretty terrible. I don't know how I can't think of this guy's I'm name. Total, I'm totally blanking on his name. Anyways, that guy's in it. Oh no, no, no! It's not that guy. It's a different guy. Shit! Now I'm gonna. Now I gotta look it up. Rob Cordry. Rob Cordry. Yes. Cordry. Got it. Anyways, so different. So whatever. I'm out of my mind. Anyways, uh, the others. So some others. All or nothing. So that was from 2016. It's still going. So this is kind of a, a, a show on Amazon Prime that follows teams throughout the year. So they've done it on the, the Cardinals, the Rams, that team up north, and the Cowboys. And the show came, was kind of inspired by, or I should say, jumped on the bandwagon because of the OG following around a real team, the hard knocks or just hard knocks that debuted in 2001, still going on the first season where the Ravens, they've also had the Cowboys, the Rams, Bengals, they've all been featured twice. It's narrated by Lee Schreiber. Who's pretty awesome. Except for in 2007 when apparently Paul Rudd, because it was the chiefs. Oh, got to jump and on. He's, and he's a huge chiefs fan. Paul yeah. Rudd is a giant Chiefs fan, so yeah. Leah Schreiber does a great job. I watched that show. Well, I haven't the last couple seasons, but I used to. Well, if you want to watch it, it's on HBO. It's on HBO. Friday Night Lights, another TV show, 2006 to 2011. It's a drama. You know, it's a high school drama. Follows the Dillon Panthers, one of the best high school football teams in the country, and their head coach Eric Taylor, starring Kyle Chandler, Connie Britton, Zach Guilford, and. Amy Teagarden, and you can watch it on Stars. 
this isn't really a t- a football show, so to we speak. It's more of a mention it. It's a fantasy football show. And so watch the league 2009, 2015 and when it was on, it's basically a bunch of, honestly, it's, it kind of inspired me to want to join fantasy football leagues and then have like live drafts and be stupid. And it's about a bunch of friends from high school, college that are just complete jackasses and pretty much screw with each other during and after the draft. Um, stars, Mark Duplass, Jonathan, uh, Lajoy, Nick Kroll, Stephen, Rana Zizi. It also, it's also, um, well, I mean, it, it's, it's that whole group. It's got Nick it's Kroll. Ensemble. I already yeah. said Nick Kroll. Yeah. But it's, it's got that whole ensemble. Um, and like half the show is ad libbed. <laughs> right. So, awesome. um, and you know, a few movies that you'll recognize Jerry Maguire, obviously 1996. It's Jerry Maguire. Everybody knows directed by Cameron Crowe, Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr. He won an Oscar. Renee Zellweger. Kelly Preston, great movie. I should also mention that the it is a great movie. But I should also mention the league also has Paul Shear in it, and I really like Paul Shear. Remember the Titans? Got to mention Remember the Titans. Two thousand is when it came out. It's basically about racial integration in high school, but also in high school sports and high school football in protect in particular. Stars Denzel, Will Patton, Wood Harris, Ryan Hurst, just to name a few. It also was directed by Boaz Yakin. Blue Mountain State, another TV show, just one season, 2010-2011. About three incoming freshmen attending a Midwestern college football powerhouse named Blue Mountain State and quickly adapting to college life and juggle like football, girls, classes, the nonstop hazing, starring Darren Brooks, Alan Richson, Chris Romano, and... Ed Marinero, Marinaro. Close enough. And he's also, I mean, that, that show is also like a, a goofy comedy. It, yeah, it's a spoof. Yep, totally. <clears throat> In 1998, we were graced with The Waterboy. Speaking and of goofy comedies. Speaking of goofy comedies, he, well, The Waterboy is essentially a, a water boy that uh, ends up playing college football. And he's insane. And it stars Adam Sandler, Kathy Bates, Henry Winkler, also known as the Fonz. And it's directed by Frank Karachi. And there are, there are a lot of other like... Um, Rob Schneider's in it. Yeah, like I don't want to call them guest appearances, but, you know, just small little roles. That are, they're, they're the people that are in every single Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler film. It's all of his buddies. <laughs> all yeah. of his buddies. They're all in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Longest Yard, both of them. So 1974 and 2005, it's about prison inmates form a football team and they play the prison guards and um, stars. Burt Reynolds is in both of them because Burt Reynolds was the quarterback in the original. And then he turned out to be the coach and Adam Sandler played that role in the new one. Uh, I just watched the new one recently. It still holds up. It's got the, it's got Chris Rock. It's got Nelly. It's got Terry Crews. It's got Michael Irvin. And it's, it's a pretty funny movie. Well, in the original, besides Burt Reynolds, it's got Eddie Albert and Ed Lauder. And, like, I, I – the old one holds up. The old one seen the up. original. Well, it holds up, too. It's it's fantastic. I'll have to check it out. I, I don't – I mean, I think I like the newer one better because it's got more silly humor in it. But as far as an overall quality movie, that 74 one, real nice, Clark. Any Given Sunday came out in 1999. This is one of my all-time favorites. Agreed. And it's basically like one of the ones we're going to look at today, but it's looking at it from professional sports or professional football, I should say. 
And it really just deals with one particular team and all their challenges. It looks at the coach's perspective, a new quarterback. Um, I mean, all the, I mean, the linebacker coach, certain players and all their extensive craziness and shenanigans. Doctors. <laughs> right. It's directed by Oliver Stone. Speaking of the doctor, one of the doctors is James Woods, the doctor. The coach is Al Pacino. The old kind of going out of the way a quarterback is Dennis Quaid. Jamie Foxx is the new up and coming quarterback. Cameron Diaz is in it. Jim Brown is in it. We we could keep going. Lawrence Taylor's in it. Lawrence LL Taylor cool is in it. LL, I forgot about LL. That's right. Bill Bellamy is in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lots of people. Great movie. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of another uh, movie, Friday Night Lights, 2004, the movie. Um, and this is about, you know, high school football in Texas. Uh, the Permian High Panthers. So, and just again, kind of similar to any given Sunday, but just everything that goes along with a high-profile high school football team, because that's 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 life in Texas. Uh, directed by Peter Berg, stars Billy Bob Thornton. He's the coach. Jay Hernandez, Derek Derek Luke, and Lucas Black. I mean, that's I, that's one of my favorite movies. It's so a, I like that one too. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> Especially because they win the championship the next year, and it's based on a on on a true story and on a real on a real team. Mm-hmm. Wildcats. This is one I hadn't heard a lot about, but after doing some research, it sounds actually kind of good. Came out in 1986. It's about a rookie high school football coach that has a harder time than she expected trying to whip her tough inner city team into shape. It stars Goldie Hawn, interesting, Swoozy Kurtz. Robin Lively and Brandy Gold, and it's directed by Michael Ritchie. A movie that I haven't seen in forever, Little Giants, mm. 1994. So this is about peewee football and a, you know, basically a group of mis- a group of misfits forming their own team, you know, opposite the elite team, and it's coached, you know, by the elite team's brother. Um, stars Rick Moranis, Ed O'Neill. Shauna Waldron and Devin Saha. Yeah, a couple of those are like kid stars. Yeah. And it's directed by Dwayne Dunham. I I like I used to watch that movie way, see, way, to, way more often than I should have for being a middle school slash high school student. True story. Speaking of being in that age, a show I am not afraid to admit that I watched, Coach. This debuted in 89 and ended in 1997. And it's about Hayden Fox, who's played by Craig T. Nelson. He's the head coach of a university football team, and he's just all about football. It also stars Jerry Van Dyke, Bill Fagerbaca, and Fagerbach, and Shelly Fabares. Fabares? I I don't know. I didn't realize Coach was on that long. Long, well, decent. Had a decent run. Yeah, and I don't think I watched those last few seasons. I mean, I watched them, but not when they were coming out because we were we were in high school by then. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> priorities. Uh, another film, We Are Marshall from 2006. Again, also based on a true story. You know, when the plane crashed that um, basically claimed most of the lives of the Marshall football team and some of its fans. New coaches had to recruit an entire new team and basically revive the the football program uh stars matthew mcconaughey matthew fox anthony mackie david strahan and it's directed by mcg is that really his name 
Yeah. I think that's one of Matthew Fox's last roles. Like he basically did. Um, that's a young Anthony Mackie too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's one of his first things. I mean, yeah. Um, he basically did lost a couple other little things and then he did we are Marshall and was basically like Matthew Fox, I'm piecing out of here. Mick, Mick, or, uh, Mick G did, he directed like a Charlie's Angel movie. He directed Terminator Salvation. He's also coming out and producing the new True Lies television show. He's all over the place. And oh, apparently a Turner and Hooch new television show. I watched that for sure. Speaking of movies that came out the same year, 2006, Invincible, also based on a true story. This is about Vince Papale. Holly, yep. Papale, who was a 30-year-old bartender, lives in South Philadelphia, and the Eagles decided to have an open tryout, tryout, treeout. <laughs> Isn't that what they say in the, in the, what's that movie called? We just talked about it earlier. Um, uh, God, my brain is just Longest Yard. I'm here for the treeouts. Anyway, he they have tryouts and it's for the it's for the Eagles in 1976. He tries out and apparently is good enough to play. And it's directed by Eric Erickson Core, stars Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Greg Kinnear, Elizabeth Banks, and also Kevin Conway. Who Ke- Kevin Conway? That's that's our boy from Entourage, right? No, it's Kevin Connolly. Mm. Not I'm not I'm not on my game today. Not sure, not sure who Kevin Conway is. I'm sure he's great, though. I, I don't know which character he plays. Um, another movie from 2006, The Gridiron Gang. Uh, teenagers at a juvenile detention center under the leadership of their counselor gain self-esteem by playing football. Stars The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Exhibit, L. Scott Caldwell, and Leon Rippey. And it was directed by Phil Jonu. Sure. Sounds right. My All-American came out in 2015, and the idea behind this is it's a character named Freddie Steinmark, who is an underdog, and he basically faces this gigantic life-altering challenge where he's trying to lead his team to a championship season. Stars Aaron Eckert, who I'm a big fan of, and also Finn Wittrock, Robin Tooney, and Sarah Bolger, and is directed by Angelo Pizzo. So kind of a newer film that I don't know if a lot of people have heard of, but... Anything with Aaron Eckert in, I'm in. Yeah, and he was so he was one of the guys that I forgot to mention from any given Sunday. He's the mm. offensive coordinator. So that's right. Lots, yeah, tons of people in that movie. He's Anyways. like the, he's the young up and coming offensive coordinator too. Right. He's like the Sean McVay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two for the money. 2005. Uh, after suffering a career-ending near injury. Knee injury, a former college football star, aligns himself with one of the most renowned sports gambling businesses. Stars Matthew McConaughey, Al Pacino, Rene Russo, Armand Asante, and it's directed by DJ Caruso. I saw this, but it was a long time ago. Yeah, me too. Movie came out in 2005 called Facing the Giants. This is essentially about a coach that really doesn't win anything. Take an underdog football team. And basically it says facing their fears, they're facing their giants of fear and failure on and off the field to surprising results. So basically they're dealing with some serious stuff on, mm-hmm. on the field, not the field directed by Alex Kendrick. This is kind of a little known film, but 
according to all the ratings and all the reviews, this is worth seeing. It stars Alex Kendrick, Shannon Fields, Jason McLeod, and Tracy Good. Next one, a one from 1988, Johnny B. Good. Johnny is the top high school football player, and many colleges want him. His girlfriend, coach, and best friend want him in the college serving themselves most. Stars Anthony Michael Hall, RDJ, Paul Gleason, and Uma Thurman. And it was directed by Bud S. Smith. Never heard of this movie. I know. Me neither. And I had, but based on the cast, I probably need to see it. I mean, with RDJ, Paul Gleason, Uma Thurman, who Uma cannot Thurman. be very old, my Anthony Michael, they got to be all high school ages. Right. Or at least local. from 88. I was like, okay, well, I got to put this on the list. And that's something we should definitely watch. Johnny, be good. Speaking of some high school movies with some breakout stars, All the Right Moves. This movie came out in 1983. It's basically about a, a, a middle town that, well, there's a young up-and-coming football star on a pretty awesome team, and basically he's trying to get out of the middle town, one of those stories. Mm-hmm. And that, that actor is Tom Cruise. His girlfriend, lady friend, Leah Thompson, the coach who I, you know, I got to wonder if maybe he was given the role of coach because he did such a great job as coach, Craig T. Nelson. It also stars Charles Kiofi, and it is directed by Michael Chapman. Next one, a little, a little different spin on a football movie, Radio, from 2003, and it's a story of a, a high school football coach and a, and a developmentally challenged man that he took under his wing. That was that role was Cuba Gooding Jr. The coach was Ed Harris. It also starred Deborah Winger and S. Epatha Merkinson, and it was directed by Michael Tallinn. Another one I probably only saw once, but I definitely saw it. It was so, I mean, it was so fantastic and inspirational, but it's one of those movies that it's incredibly uplifting, but it's also very sad and it's hard to watch a lot of. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not really like a rewatchable type situation. Mm-hmm. But it is it is great. Anyway, so Lucas came out in 1986. This starred Corey Haim. And basically, he's a pretty nerdy, <laughs> young high school kid. And he gets picked on a lot. And basically, he befriends little this guy. little scrawny guy, befriends this girl, played by Carrie Green, who you might know Carrie Green from the Goonies. Mm-hmm. What's her name? She's the, older, she's the older sister in Goonies. You Goonie! Yeah. Um, and it also stars her love interest, Cappy, played by Charlie Sheen, who's kind of protecting this Lucas character. And Lucas's friend is Winona Ryder. Uh, I mean, there's a whole bunch of crazy young or actors in this this uh this film and it's directed by david seltzer i mean have you seen lucas yes again probably i've seen it a few times but uh, haven't seen it in 20 years at least yeah me too but i have seen it and you know it's a very it's a very light-hearted film and it's it's it hit it kind of hits home with you know the little nerd wanting to play sports and I'm, and I'm not saying this is very cliche. It's a cliche film, especially in the eighties. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then he falls in love with the girl, the guy is protecting him, but doesn't know he's in love. There's this whole live love. Uh, you can't even call it a love triangle. There's like four, a love square whole thing going on. Typical eighties movie, eighties movie. <laughs> One of my favorite movies 
the replacements 2000 football movies i mean but maybe in general love this movie the replacements from 2000 so it's about um a fictional football team the washington washington sentinels the players go on strike the owner instead of you know going out and like buying a semi-pro team like some of the other ones he goes he recruits legendary coach jimmy mcginty to basically put a ragtag group of former players and whatever together to see if they can win enough games to go to the playoffs and yeah stars keanu reeves gene hackman he's the coach john favreau orlando jones Risa fons brooke langdon directed by howard dutch god love this movie I can't I mean, say enough good things about this movie. Don't don't you feel I should have talked about this one, considering my dad has been writing the screenplay for the replacements too for twenty years now. So when we get into probably <laughs> pro movies, I think this will have to be one of the ones that we one of us will have to choose this, or else your dad will never speak to us again. Yeah, I might be in trouble. Um, the next one is The Express. This came out in two thousand eight. And well, it's about Ernie Davis, whose nickname was the Express, and it's it's based on a true story. He goes to Syracuse, and his coach Ben Schwartzwalder, who is played by Dennis Quaid, um, basically he becomes one of the best players of all time, despite having to deal with poverty and racism. And he became the first black—I mean, the spoiler—he became the first black player to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, but yeah, he basically gets crapped on, and it's a true story. And it's and Ernie Davis is played by Rob Brown, does an amazing job. You've also got Clancy Brown in there. I already mentioned Dennis Quaid, and it's directed by Gary Leader. I like that movie too. Yeah. Another one related to football, not necessarily about football. The Last Boy Scout, nineteen ninety one. I'm a fan of this one as well. A life a bitch. A life a bitch. <laughs> um. Uh, a former Secret Service agent, Joe Hollenbeck, played by Bruce Willis. Now he's a, now he's a PI, and he landed a gig, gig protecting a a stripper, who is played by Halle Berry. She's murdered. Teams up with her boyfriend, played also a former football player, played by Damon Wayans. They uncover this big scandal, and yeah, basically, yeah the two legalized sports gambling is, is what they're trying to do. Um, stars, Bruce Willis, Damon Wayans mentioned them, Chelsea field, noble Willingham. And it was directed by Tony Scott, Tony Scott varsity blues in, in West Canaan. Wait, what's the quote? I don't want your life. No, no. In Texas football's a way of life. Varsity blues. well, it's about West Canaan, Texas high school football team where football is crazy. And basically what happens, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but you've got the starting quarterback gets replaced after he gets injured. Paul Walker, James Vanderbeek, the coach is a dick, a lot of different types of turmoil between the players. And he wants to go to a good school and he doesn't want to play football, but that's what you do in, in Texas and a bunch of high school shenanigans, with uh, Scott Kahn and everybody else, Tweeter. Tweeter. I mean, this was this was basically this is what was, I think. Um, I think growing up at this time in high school, this is what you wished your high school parties and and atmosphere, if you were a football player, was like to a degree. <laughs> like the being able to get away with all the nonsense is what you wanted, but maybe not like the pressure and the craziness and the 
steroids and the you know the whatever needles all the needles yeah directed by brian robbins if you haven't seen varsity blues what are you what are you even doing listening to us what are you doing right now yeah stop listening stop listening watch varsity blues and come back and then come back and listen some more (laughs) yeah next one draft day 2014 so sunny weaver jr is the gm of the cleveland browns and on you know the NFL draft, it's nearing, and Sonny has a lot of uh, a lot of stuff on his mind being the GM. So his love interest, played by Jennifer Garner, is pregnant. The team owner wants to fire him. Sonny needs to make a splash, and he's got a wheel and deal and jockey and blah blah. You know all the all the pressure that goes with you know being the GM of a professional sports team i guess um yeah not a bad movie though stars kevin costner jennifer garner dennis leary ellen burston and it was directed by ivan reitman well and we also gotta say that it also stars a very young um chadwick boseman yes it does he's who's um, great Deion sanders Deion sanders making it makes an appearance in there um i feel like there's one other person i'm forgetting uh, maybe like the old school quarterback. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna think of his name right now. But there are there are a lot of people that are in this film. Did you did you see this one? Yes, a couple times. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it I didn't did too. Really get I... Good ratings at all, but I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was bad. I mean, it's even. I mean, there are some people that even make an appearance, like guests, like Rich Eisen, Roger Goodell. It basically brings out all the. I mean, Sam Elliott's in it. There, there are a lot of Tom Welling. Tom Welling plays the old quarterback. That's who I was thinking of. Okay. Anyway, anything with Tom Welling, and I obviously endorse. The Blind Side is another one about a. This was actually based on a true story, or based on a true story. There's a lot of discrepancy. How true is it? But nonetheless, it's about Michael Ower, um, and he's played by Quentin Aaron. And basically, you know, he's a down, down on his luck, homeless black teen living in the inner city. He is not caring about school at all. And essentially Sandra Bullock, who plays the character of Leanne Tui, and her husband, Sean, played by Tim McGraw, they take him in. And, you know, we know that that whole story. And this is, again, based on a true story. But eventually he makes the grades, goes to college, eventually makes his way into the, uh, into the major leagues, into the NFL. And uh, it's directed by John Lee Hancock. Uh, next one. An older movie, North Dallas 40, 1979. I have not seen this. And it's a satire of American professional football in which a Viet in, in which a veteran pass catcher's individuality and refusal to become part of the team family is bitterly resented by the disciplinarian coaches. The NFL refused to help in the actually refused to help in the production of this movie, suggesting it may have been too near to the truth for comfort. And the, it's based on the novel of former NFL player Peter Ghent. Stars Nick Nolte, Mac Davis, Charles Durning, Dale Haddon, and it was directed by Ted Kotcheff. It's a good movie. I think it was nominated for a whole bunch of stuff, too. I'll Brian's Song. Yeah, you should check it out. Brian's Song came out in 1970. Uh, this is a little bit different feel to it. Basically, Brian Piccolo. And Gail, San- Gail Sayers are teammates in the, on the 1960s Chicago Bears. There is a lot of 
obvious race-based segregation. Those two become really good friends and kind of help usher in the civil rights era. I don't want to say usher in the civil rights era, era but definitely have an impact influence on it to make, I mean, when you, when you see people playing sports, sometimes those people that are, are maybe a little, not quite as accepting of, of, of people are more likely to get it for some reason. Anyway, uh, it stars Billy D. Williams, James Kahn, and those, those are the two characters, Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers. It also stars Jack Warden and Shelley Faberis again, back again, directed by Buzz Kulik. <laughs> the next one, everybody should know this one. If you don't, again, stop listening to us. Go see this movie and then, and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. Rudy, 1993 based on a true story. Rudy Rudiger, played by Sean Austin, wants to play football at the University of Notre Dame, but he doesn't have the money, he doesn't have the grades, he doesn't qualify for a scholarship, so he works with his, which is, you know, and his, his best friend dies, and then he becomes uh, friends with his tutor, D-Bob, played by John Favreau, goes to a JC, gets his grades up, walks onto the team, makes the team... I'm not going to say anything else because if you haven't seen this, you need to see it. Stars Sean Austin, Ned Beatty, John Favreau, Charles S. Dutton, and it was directed by David Aspinall. Anspaugh. 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 Yeah, both of those, Brian Song and Rudy, are based on a true story, but not necessarily a exactly true story. Went. Blind side. I mean, a lot of them are like that. Still entertaining, though. North Dallas 40, pretty much the last ones we mentioned. <laughs> Playmakers, TV show that came out in 2003. And this is kind of a, it's an ensemble drama about the off-field lives of a group of players on a pro football team and how they deal with being basically a pressure or being a professional and the pressures that go along with it. It was created by John Eisendra and stars Tony Dennison, Omar Gooding, and Russell Hornsby. Last Chance You. TV show 2016 to 2020. It's a it's a look into the in, you know the world of junior college football, chronicling the stories of the the players and coaches in the classroom and on the field. Because a lot of people will go to they'll go to JC in the hopes that eventually they can transfer to the big boy school and then you know hopefully re- live their dreams of playing in the NFL. So seasons one and two were about East Mississippi Community College, three and four Independence Community College, and season five was about Oakland Laney College. Oakland's Laney College. Yeah, I, I haven't watched this, but it actually sounds like something pretty cool I'd like to watch, especially mm-hmm. since they're not doing it on like the Alabamas and Michigans of the world, you know, Ohio State's like that's kind of I don't know. Different yeah. world. People are sick of sometimes it's it's nice to hear about someone other than the blue bloods. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice to hear about it and somebody else besides the blue bloods. But I digress. The next one. Last few, Newt Rockney All-American. This came out in 1940, and it's a story about Notre Dame football player and coach Newt Rockney, directed by Lloyd Bacon and William K. Howard, who was actually unaccredited for, uncredited for that. Um, it's written by Robert Buckner, who wrote the original screenplay, as well as Mrs. Newt Rockney, kind of based on a lot of the papers and things that she wrote. And it stars Pat O'Brien, Gail Page, and 
old Ryan, Ronald Reagan. Ronnie. Now, I included this in here because I think that it's 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 a pretty well-known quote, and I feel like it's something that people don't really know where it comes from, but now you'll know. And here's the quote. Now, I'm going to tell you something I've kept to myself for years. None of you ever knew George Gipp. He was long before your time, but all you know what a tradition he is at Notre Dame. And the last thing he said to me, Rock, he said, sometime when the team is up against it and the brakes are beating the boys, tell them to go out there with all they've got and win just one for the Gipper. I don't know where I'll be then, Rock, he said, but I'll know about it and I'll be happy. Oh, win one for the Gipper. Win one for the Gipper, right? Anyway, I had to include that in there because... Well, because well, it's a famous quote. I get <laughs> it's a famous it. Famous quote. The Junction Boys, 2002, story of Bear Bryant's first summer as head football coach of Texas A&M. You know, Bear takes charge onto these scorched plains and see who survives. I was directed by Mike Robe, Roby, written by Jim Dent. He wrote the book, and then Mike Roby did the screenplay. And it stars Tom Berenger. I think he he plays Bear Bryant. Yeah. Uh, Bernard Curry and Fletcher Humphreys. This was good. And I think Tom Berenger pulls off a pretty good, for what I know about Bear Bryant, kind of acts and sort of looks like him a little bit. Old school movie. I keep getting the old school ones. Horse Feathers. This is the, this is the oldest one we could find. This came out in 1932. It's about Quincy Adams Wagstaff, who's the new president of Huxley University, and he hires... Uh, these bumblers, as they call them, Bavarelli and Pinky to help his school win the big football game against the rival Darwin University. It's directed by Norman Z. McLeod, written by Brett Kalmar and Harry Ruby. And it's a comedy. And if you don't know anything about it, it stars Groucho, Chico, and Harpo Marx. And that probably says enough. The Marx Brothers? Yeah. The Marx Brothers, yeah. (laughs) Right. And the last... Honorable mention, Everybody's All-American, 1988. A Louisiana football legend struggles to deal with life's complexities after his college career is over. It was directed by Taylor Hackford. Uh, it was based on the novel by Frank DeFord. Thomas Rickman did the screenplay, and it stars Jessica Lange, Dennis Quaid again, Timothy Hutton. And yeah, did not see it. Me neither. But honestly, there's so many honorable mentions. There's no way. Well, that's not true. There's a way we could have seen all of these. But man, you have to be really dedicated to this industry, which we kind of football movies too, which we kind of do. But this is this is this is the most honorable mentions we've ever had. And there probably could have been more. So if you have any more, shoot us an email and we'll mention it. I feel like we need a break. Yeah. But we won't. We're going to continue on and get, in, get into actually what we're here to talk about, which we've delayed for probably 30 minutes now. And that is comparing some pretty amazing collegiate. I don't know. I keep saying words funny collegiate films, definitely different themes and also different. Just, uh, I don't know, like types Genres. of films, I guess. Well, yeah, we've got the program versus necessary roughness so i'll start with the program real quick summary this is the according to imdb here's the book definition several players from different backgrounds try to come or try to cope with the pressures of playing football at a major university each deals with pressure differently some turning to drinking others to drugs 
and some to studying. Who, who does that? Who did and, that? <laughs> Omar Epps had to study. He did yeah, I, I guess. And it debuted September 24th, 1993. Good Lord. A necessary roughness. So this is the, you know, the IMDB description. Due to NCAA sanction, sanctions, the Texas State University fighting armadillos must form a football team from their actual student body with no scholarships to help to play their football schedule. And it debuted September 27th, 1991. So we should probably just elaborate on both films because there's a lot more going on. Those are like the textbook definition, not definitions, but, you know, descriptions of what they are. But really the program is like, it's a gigantic division one school that has all these pressures on it because there's a Heisman candidate. They're trying to make a bowl game and it's all these boosters that are trying to get them to make sure they perform and the stresses that get put on these kids. And they're just heist. They're college kids and they're, they're boozing up. They're having a good time. They're also stressed out. They're getting paid under the table. They're getting injured. I mean, a lot of some serious shit is happening happening in the program. A lot of shit to deal with. Yeah. Whereas necessary roughness, a little bit different, right? Yeah. So actually, I had I made a note about this later, but I'll make it now. Um, it's almost like the program is what happens, and then if they get caught, the result is necessary roughness. Oh, I love that. And so they've been given the death penalty now. Yep. And they're and having this to. Is, this is the aftermath. This is the neck. The the downfall of a school like depicted in the program with all the violations that they're like the steroid use and the paying the players and all that stuff because all that stuff happens yeah they have like a montage at the beginning of necessary roughness where they talk about all that stuff and they got the death penalty that's a freaking great i love it that's a fantastic way to uh, describe these two films and how they how they connect how they connect all right let's get into the categories rankings the program Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 43%, IMDb 6.5. Necessary Roughness, 46% Rotten Tomatoes, and 6.2 IMDb. So it's a, it's a split. It's a wash. Is that, is, I mean, is that the closest they've ever been? I think so. I mean, it's a tie, basically. If we add those two up, we multiply this IMDb by 10. I mean, you know, it's, it's a tie. Legit tie. Well, I mean, I went by a tie because you know, one won IMDb and the other one Rotten Tomatoes. That's what I was thinking. I like doing math. So the program is, well, I guess, hold on. I guess we're just, we're going to call it a tie. Tie. Totally. Uh, The the program is written by David S. Ward, who, so this guy wrote, we got to put these on here, The Sting, Sleepless in Seattle, and Major League One and Two. That's that's in his defense is also co-written by Aaron uh, Latham, who wrote Urban Cowboy. Yeah, necessary roughness is going to lose. Uh, it was written by Rick Natkin, Rick Natkin, who also wrote Night of the Juggler, Purple Hearts and The Taking of Beverly Hills. And David Fuller, who apparently also helped write The Taking of Beverly Hills and Gang in Blue. So the program. I mean, if you know what those are that you just mentioned, good for you. I don't know what any of them are. So the program, I mean, just the sting itself, probably going to win this, but you throw an urban cowboy, some other ones. Sleep with major league one and two. Come on. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the program. As far as director is concerned, directed by 
also David S. Ward, besides writing those things, he also directed Down Periscope. Love which, that movie. Which I freaking love too. Major League One and Two, he wrote them and directed them. And he also directed King Ralph. And Necessary Roughness was directed by Stan Dragotti, who also directed Mr. Mom, The Man with One Red Shoe, and She's Out of Control. I mean, I, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this one first, because this, this is kind of a harder. It's harder because, uh, so David S. Ward, Major League One and Two, King Ralph, Down, Down Periscope, all good movies. Mm-hmm. Well, Major League One was better than Two, but Two was still not terrible. But, you know, Down Periscope is high on my list. King Ralph, with, yeah, that's a good one. Mr. Uh, but but then when you look at necessary roughness, Mr. Mom and the man man with one red shoe, those are just different types of movies. And you've got, you know, Tom Hanks. Yeah, and then I mean, Mr. Mom is obviously a classic. If Jana was here, my wife, she would be like, I mean, Mr. Mom wins all of these conversations. Right. And the only reason why I'm not saying definitely give it to him is because of Major League. I feel like Major League One and Mr. Mom kind of cancel each other out. And so now the question is, is the man with one red shoe and she's out of control is actually a really good film too. Are those superior to King Ralph major league two and down periscope? I kind of feel like they are. I kind of feel like necessary roughness might actually take this one. Stan Dragati might win this one. All right, let's do it. (laughs) Okay. On. All right. It's a one-to-one and a tie. I hate ties. Best main characters, the program. So the program's got, this is a hard-hitting cast, I got to tell you. James Can- James Kahn plays Sam Winters, the coach. Omar Epps plays Darnell Jefferson, who's the, the young, up-and-coming running back, the freshman, the frosh. Craig Sheffer plays Joe Kane, who, I you know, the first time I like watching this growing up, I always thought he was a senior. Like, this is a senior year. He's only a junior. He's got a whole other year to come He's back. Got one more year, yeah. Got one more year eligibility. He may be even, a, you know, who knows? Second year senior, a red shirt senior, whatever. He plays Joe Kane. Sorry, Christy Swanson plays Camille Schaefer, and Andrew Birnieski plays Steve Latimer. Latimer, crazy. <laughs> Necessary roughness. So it stars Scott Bakula as Paul quarterback Paul Blake, Hector. Elizondo as coach Ed Gennaro, Robert Loja as coach Wally Rigg, and Harley Joan Kozak as Dr. Suzanne Carter at the love interest. They all have love interests. Yeah. So this this, this, this is, is it's tough. It's harder than I would thought it would be when I was reading those names. Like, well, James, you know, program wins this one. But Robert Loja and Hector Elizondo are incredible actors. And they're really kind of more, I mean, 80s, but even pre-80s, especially with with Rob Loja. I mean, he is the man. Now, James Caan, just with Godfather alone, has a better resume than all of them. Yep. I mean, it's hard to argue. I don't. Craig Sheffer, he's been in some other things. He's been in some random shows. He's in One Tree Hill and some other stuff. I looked this up. <laughs> um, he didn't quite have the career that I thought he was going to. Omar Epps, I mean, Omar Epps, man, he's great. I mean, he's in Major League, too. Yes. I mean, I mean, and he takes over Wesley Snipes' role, and I don't think misses a beat or, in running terms, a step. And Christy Swanson obviously has had an amazing career, 
and she's easy on the eyes in this film. Yeah, I probably got a I lean program on this one, although it is pretty, it's closer than I thought it would be when you look at the sum of their parts. But I still, yeah, I, I lean program on this one. It's basically James Kahn and Christy Swanson versus Scott Bakula and Robert Loggia with Hector Elizondo right there, maybe even like evening out Omar Epps. Yeah. But I think just, I mean, listen, we can't, we, we can't, we can't like give Scott Bakula the short end of the stick here. I mean, just Quantum Leap alone is one of the best shows of all time. Yeah. But I'm still thinking the program. I think the program too. Okay. Reluctantly. That was, that's a tough one, but we got to go program. Best secondary characters. So the program has Halle Berry plays Autumn, Abraham Ber- Ben Ruby, who plays Bud Light Kaminsky. <laughs> if you don't know who he is, by the way, you probably might know him from ER. He mm-hmm. was like the, the head of the, the, the nurse crew. Yep. And also Dwayne Davis plays Alvin Mack. So Necessary Roughness is a little more of an ensemble cast. So it's got Larry Miller as Dean Philip Elias, Sinbad as Andre Krim, Fred Thompson as Carver Purcell. He's he's like the, I don't know what he is. He might be a booster or something. Jason Bateman as Jarvis Edison, Dwayne Davis again as Featherstone, Michael Dolan as Eric Samurai Hansen, Marcus Giamatti as Sarge Fumbolino Wilkinson, who is actually Paul Giamatti's older brother. Mm-hmm. Peter Navy Tuiasasopo as Manu Mana. Kathy Ireland as Lucy Draper. Andrew Lauer as Charlie Banks. And Louis Mandalore as Mackenzie. And also, it's got um, it's got Andrew. A- Andrew Berniarski. <laughs> he's, but he, he has a very, very, very limited role. He is like the freshman he's version. Him. He's a freshman now, and the senior year, he's in. The, he's now the program version of Steve Latimer. Basically, yeah. <clears throat> all right. First of all, Halle Berry is the biggest name on this whole list. So I, I got to put that out there. That's important. That's. Imp- I, I think she is. I think she's the biggest now. I mean, she's won an Oscar, for Pete's sake. Okay. I mean, she went. She went. She wins that as far as Jason acting accolades. No, no. So, I, but I was going to say though, like, and and at the time, you know, Jason Bateman, he was, uh, you know, and he's a kid in this. He's he's really a he's young. a yeah. Well, he'd been in um, Hogan Family and some other shows, right? I don't know. Yeah, he had been. Yes. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so he was a kid actor. Anyway, Fred Thompson becomes a senator. Sinbad is Sinbad. Is Bateman, Sinbad. Bateman now is freaking obviously amazing. Kathy Ireland, huge crush for me. Supermodel. Rob Schneider I mean, is in everything. Right. Let's not forget about Rob. I glanced over Rob Schneider. If we're talking about the ensemble and overall, it's got to be necessary roughness. But but I think honorable mention, Halle Berry oh, is Halle is, the Berry. Number, is is like she's bringing up the secondary character. This is like this is like what what got her career going. Yep. After this, it was like liftoff. Best deep cut characters. There are a couple people that make a little little uh, little appearance there. Joey Lauren Adams, this is the program, plays Luann. Chris Berman plays himself. And Bo Schembechler also plays himself, the coach of uh, Michigan. Yep. He was in the booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Necessary Roughness has a few more. Uh, Chris Berman also in this one as himself. And then pretty much the entire convict football team. <laughs> which is consi- which is comprised of Hall of Famers. D- 
Dick Buckus, Earl Campbell, Roger Craig, Tony Dorsett, Ed Tuttle Jones, Evander Holyfield, Jerry Rice, Herschel Walker, Randy White, and Jim Kelly. And I'm pretty sure Franco Harris was on there too, but I didn't. Oh, that might be. Yeah, there's there are a lot of people. I was actually coming off the bus. I was watching them coming off the bus and just trying to write down the list without looking it up. (laughs) I got Uh, I got I've got about two thirds of these. (laughs) I totally looked it up. Well, okay. The Bermans cancel out, obviously. I think if we're talking like acting accolades, I mean, especially growing up in the nineties, Joey Lauren Adams is fantastic. And she's in all of the, you know, all of the, um, what's his name? Jay and silent Bob movies mm-hmm. and other, and a lot of other things too. And also a bunch of Adam Sandler films anyway. <laughs> but I mean, just from a strictly, just from a football perspective, you got to give it to all of these freaking like, cla- I mean, hall of famers just came hall out. Of famers. They just kept coming. I mean, Jim Kelly is a quarterback Hall of Famer, and he's playing like a linebacker, just kicking them up to kick him on the ground like yep. a psychopath. All right. <laughs> Necessary Roughness wins that one. Music. The program, two of the big songs they play, and the rest of them are kind of like, you know, pump up music. Welcome to the Jungle. I mean, Guns N' Roses. It's Guns N' Roses. If you don't know, be mine. If you don't know me by now. There we go. Sorry. Anyways, that's the program. Uh, Necessary roughness is "All My Exes Live in Texas" by George Strait. What would we do? Which was kind of the song that was playing while they were in the dorm, and it's played at the very end of the movie by DSK. "All My Rowdy Friends Are Coming Over Tonight," which is the basis of the Monday Night Football song. Hank Williams Jr. and Liza Jane by Vince Gill. I would have to say. Welcome to the Jungle is enough for the program to win it. I think so too. And even though it's not like a more diverse, like well, nothing to say against the artist because you talk about Hank Williams Jr., Vince Gill, and George Strait. Like, yeah, those are huge names in country music. They but, really had a they had a real country theme this entire film, whereas the program, because yeah, just those two alone. Exactly. Okay. All right. So the program wins that one. Uh, so I think that we're kind of tied up in, 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 in categories three to three. So let's see if we can flush this out. And we're talking about favorite scenes and, and moving forward the program. All right. Just kind of going through these scenes. First of all, the fumble scene in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of those things that I remember in high school, people would carry around footballs and running backs, especially, and people would try and knock it out of their hands. And that was like a, that was like a game was a thing people did do you remember that yeah no i remember that and he so that's fell a pr- asleep that's a pretty he fell asleep and he goes he goes oh sorry i lost my football <laughs> <laughs> all right the whole game against mississippi state and this is like they're they're coming out you know they're coming out party and they're just they're back and forth they end up winning this game it really sets the tone as far as what to expect out of this team right mm-hmm like, oh, look what they can do. They have a crazy good quarterback. Their defense, they're lining people up. Their Alvin Mack is just going crazy, saying quotes. Or, you Latimer, know. Latimer's a psycho. Yeah. Latimer's a psycho. Uh, Joe Kane brings him back as a victor. I mean, it's just everything is, is happening good for them. Mm-hmm. Then we go to the game against Michigan. And this is where you have a little bit of uh, adversity. And they blow it. Well, yeah. And, and speaking of blowing, Alvin Mack gets his knee blown out. 
and that that scene right there well i guess it's his knee but it's really his whole leg is like facing the Mm -hmm. the opposite direction that was a heartbreaking scene honestly for everybody else i really didn't care i wasn't really into anybody else except for alvin mack at that point i mean i was like all i was all in on this guy good for him the next scene that I think is pretty good is the hearing for Bobby Collins to get him reinstated because at this point, Joe Kane has gone into um, rehab. Rehab, right. And so Bobby Collins, who has slept with, who was sleeping with James Conn's daughter, Joey Lauren <laughs> Adams, she was cheating on a test for him. Yeah, They've both gotten kicked out of school, and now James Conn is trying to testify to his integrity to get him back in and that, that just that whole part i thought was really he's got a vouch for him yep it was kind of telling as to sometimes athletics and just the whole quote like i've never seen sixty-five thousand people or whatever the quote is uh come watch somebody do a science experiment <laughs> like it's just such an asshole thing to say but That's also true. it's kind of true in some in what some th- ways where, where do you think the money comes to fund that science department yeah the the moment in the hospital, my next scene is with with Mac and Coach, and and you know he's like I'm never going to play again, Coach, and he's like you know you're the best natural defenseman I've ever had. Just a really emotional moment. I feel like they are mm-hmm. other kind of forced emotional moments, but that 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 was very heart wrenching. And James kind of is you know really humanized in that in that scene. And then finally, I mean the the it's kind of the whole entire. It's not one scene. It's just the entire last. It's the last game. Yep. I mean, it's just so many ups and downs. You've got, you got the, you got Griffin missing the block. You've got to fight at halftime. So it's like, oh my god, how are they going to come through it? The the smart ass comment from from coach saying, Collins, clean that up. <laughs> After all the out the Gatorades all knocked knocked over, <laughs> um, they make the comeback. Griffin makes the tack or the the tack or the block. Kane throws the winning touch there. You know, coach knows that Latimer's on the on the roids even though he yeah. tested Back high, you know roids. negative I, just that whole that whole thing and it's you know again it's 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 what you did in movies in the 90s <laughs> like the good guys I don't know if you want to call them good guys the antag or the protagonists win um kind they of gotta win the game they win the game they lost a lot of things personal struggles whatever in some cases but that entire final game is fantastic all right mm-hmm. that's the program the program necessary roughness uh the tryout just in general the tryout scene you know with and we'll get into some of these quotes because I, i'll i'll start and then i won't stop um with with you know meeting who charlie banks is and pop key and all of them um i had to do the shout out it's 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 only on screen for a brief moment as paul blake walks into the dorm for the first time Featherstone is dancing in his chair and, you know, listening to music and studying. And there's a Sigma Nu flag in his dorm room. So, yeah, go snakes. Had to, had to, had to point that one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, again, similar to what you said for the final game, the entire first game sequence against the Southwest Texas Bobcats <laughs> with going deep with Featherstone and then missing it. And then, you know, send in your defense. And one guy runs in, and yeah. then and then they send a guy in motion, and it's no, that's my man, that's my man, that's and then they quadruple cover him and leave someone <laughs> wide open, and there's a touchdown, and yeah, um, and um, you know, 
you know, Popkey. These two have distinctively different playing styles. <laughs> Blow the whistle. He's hiding he behind the ref. Because yeah. he benches Paul Blake because he, you know, didn't do what he told him to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we alluded to it in the when we were talking about the 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 deep cut characters of the entire convict game. It didn't last very long, but it was still funny. And it was very funny how eloquently, well, it was interesting just how eloquently Dick Butkus was speaking to them. He was like, as loyal, loyal Armadillo fans, we, we're happy to help you in your time of need. Um, the barroom brawl. Yeah. Just that whole thing. And then, and then the aftermath with like, there ain't no brawl with the, with the sheriff and playing pool. And, you know, it hurts when it pulls you, poke you in the chest like that. Lucy's entire tryout with like kicking the ball and then being on the field and just how the team is reacting to, to her, you know, now being on the team, um, the homecoming game, the monsoon that they tied, you know, Texas versus Kansas because, well, yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> and the, the last game. Texas versus Texas State, you know, going up, going up against the number one team that hadn't won a game yet. You know, the 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 speech that Riggs gives at opening and halftime, the game winning drive, the montage at the end, just like the, the whole thing. You know, the the feel good, or like you said, like the protagonist winning at the end of the game, and you know, guy gets the girl and they win the game and all that stuff. So good stuff. Yeah. So for the program, do we agree is the final the final game? Georgia I Tech think it's game. Prob- probably for both. I mean, I, there's a lot of other scenes that I like, but I think just that summation for the program and then also for Necessary Roughness, I think would be my two favorite scenes for both movies. Yeah, honorable mention Necessary Roughness of the convict game. That gets me every time. It, that does get me every time, especially <laughs> with the way the dean is reacting because he's the one who set it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the dean is also pretty great in the last movie too, or last game as well. He's good, yeah. All right, a little bit of most obscure facts. The program. So... Director David Ward actually won an Academy Award for writing The Sting and also wrote and directed Major League. He conceived the program as a movie authentic to college football um, based in the early 1990s. And he wanted actors who could hold their own as players. So he cast the movie with that in mind. And he actually put his team through a real training camp in Columbia, South Carolina with 65 extras who actually played ESU's on-field opponents players that you know dressed up in gear from georgia tech michigan iowa and and mississippi state yeah so ward went on to say that he remembered seeing willie mcginnis um in the usc locker room who went on to play for the well a few different teams but i think it was a patriot for a while well said i remember walking into the locker room and seeing this guy who was sculpted like a greek god i actually saw alvin you know he actually saw him you know play for 15 years in the nfl yeah just kind of more that in you know the inspiration for where the movie came from right johnny depp was apparently one of the original choices for joe kane interesting um ward also said that joe kane is based on a guy named tom bill who played at penn state and the the whole alcohol rehab thing where james con tries to get you know collins the second the second string quarterback reinstated apparently that all happened at penn state wow Ward also said that Latimer was based on a kid named Tommy Chalkin, who went to South Carolina. And there's actually an article in Sports Illustrated on him called The Nightmare of Steroids from October 1988. What's funny is that he says, I read the article 
and I said, we have to have a character like this. The whole thing was about him headbutting the car in the window, and it was all in a Sports Illustrated article. And then Dwayne... Seat at the table. (laughs) Seat at the table. (laughs) And then Dwayne, who was Mac, uh, as it turned out, actually played middle linebacker linebacker for the Tigers. Yeah. So he was a football player and he wanted to do, he wanted to do all his own stunts, but uh, Ward said he had to limit it, had to limit him. He said, Dwayne, come on. I can't afford you to, I, he said, I, I can't let you get hurt. Like, I understand that you were a football player and you want to do this, but you have to finish the movie. Please yeah. don't hurt yourself. I mean, a lot of these facts are from Ward himself. So he, I mean, another one he said is that Craig, Craig, who played quarterback, really wanted to basically run the plays himself rather than have the stand-in but they had the stand-in who was actually former South Carolina QB Mike Holt throwing because he was actually accurate and looked like a passer whereas Craig's didn't look so good and he and he said uh okay Craig I'll let you run the ball one play with the real players on the field and the guys who were playing were you know pretty much selling out so that Craig wouldn't get hurt um, and what happened is that they were selling out so much that when Craig ran the play, two safeties went to hit him, but they hit each other, knocked each other out, but Craig still got hurt and was in a neck brace for two or three days. So listen, we're not trying to hate on Craig, but according to Ward, um, you know, Good. maybe he, sh- he shouldn't do his own stunts. He shouldn't do his own stunts and he can't throw. <laughs> right. Take that, take that as you will. Much of the movie was filmed at the University of South Carolina, though some of the campus shots were at from Duke. To capture the real game atmosphere, Ward and the producers brokered a deal with these with South Carolina to shoot ECU game footage during halftime of Gamecocks games against Tennessee at Williams Bryce Stadium. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and you got to think like with a game with that many fans in it, I don't know that the technology was there yet to really completely replace that ambiance. Maybe that maybe it was. Mm-hmm. Speaking of computer generated things, the spitting in each other's mouths by Mac and Latimer is not real. Apparently, it was done on a computer, and, and you know it's a, it's a kind of a cool scene, but it's also super gross. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was real. You liked it? <laughs> no, I don't like it. It's just I thought it was it looked real. It did look really look, look pretty real. So the original cut of the film had a scene where Kane Jefferson, Mac Collins, and Kamitsky lay in the middle of the road as cars go by and Kane reads a sports illustrator article about himself in separate incidents, a teenage boy in Pennsylvania and New Jersey recreated the stunt and were killed and two others injured in both incidents. Disney pulled the movie from theaters and cut the scene before re-releasing it. Don't do what you see in the movies. Right. Movies, video games. They're not real. Not real. Ugh. We already kind of mentioned that Shem Beckler was doing commentary for the Michigan game, and mm-hmm. interesting because he was a the actual Michigan exactly. coach, he was the actual coach for Michigan for a time. And we also also mentioned the last kind of fun fact is that Andrew Berniarski and Dwayne Davis they were also in necessary roughness as teammates. Yeah, and kind of speak- fun, fun little connection. And speaking of necessary roughness. Some fun facts about that. So the Texas State school colors green and white are the same as those of the University of North Texas, which was the main shooting location for this film. The poster for this film was modeled after Paramount's previously successful sports comedy, Major League. And you can really see it when you look at the poster. Yeah, it does look a lot like it. You can compare the two. You can really see it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So the predicament of the fictional Texas State football team is based on the scandal surrounding another Texas college, SMU. SMU was placed on probation three times in the 80s for repeated recruitment violations, such as giving monetary enticements for players and their families in 87. SMU was punished under the repeat violator rule and was given what's known as the death penalty. It's the only time it's ever happened. All football was canceled and scholarships were revoked for 1987 and only away games were, were allowed in 1988, although the school canceled the 1988 season anyways. Team was refilled in 89 with an all tryout squad and they didn't have a winning season for 20 years. Yeah, it was a long time until they were good again. Mm-hmm. In the movie, the fictional Texas State University plays a football game against Southwest Texas State University, which is a real university located in San Marcos, Texas. In 2003, Southwest Texas State University changed its name to Texas State University at San Marcos. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Lake Manamana, who is you know the character played by Peter Navy Tuiasosopo, says his name in Samoan means runt of the litter. Depending on the spelling, it could also mean seawater or sandwich, <laughs> which is just funny. Yeah. All right, quotes. So, all right. Anything Alvin Mack says, done. Everything Alvin Mack says and some of them didn't put all of them on here because they're a little bit inappropriate for me to say but all right from the program let's open up a can of kick ass and kill them all let the paramedics sort them out yeah and then joe kane says this three times on all of his game winning drives let's put the women and children to bed and go look go looking for fucking dinner Mm -hmm. alvin mack again so he, he's, he's basically hyping himself up. And some of the funnier ones, he says, you're the guy who shot my mother, aren't you? You didn't think I'd fucking find you. <laughs> you're the guy who knocked up my sister. <laughs> well, and then he says another one about like, you're the guy who read it on my brother. Yeah. No. He's still in jail. Mm-hmm. You're out here free. <laughs> didn't think I'd find you, did you? <laughs> uh, the, the region chairman, this is not of a, a football vocational school it's an institute of higher learning and it, you know coach winners yeah but when was the last time eighty thousand people showed up to watch a kid do a damn chemistry experiment once you stick that bow tie up your ass <laughs> pretty great there's a lot of like darnell jefferson ray griffin back and forth uh, you know one i really liked was was alvin later on when he's getting made fun of he says fuck you doughboy i can read you see that that says adidas latimer says i taught him that <laughs> And then it's still something you, are you hurt or are you injured? What's the difference? And then, you know, they go on to explain it. You're hurt. You can play. If you're injured, you can't. So again, are you hurt or are you, or are you injured? <laughs> and then wrap it up. Alvin Mack again, one last time. He's, he's going through all of his assignments. And the last one, he says, hit the tie in so hard. His girlfriend dies. <laughs> uh, such a good one. Yep. Necessary roughness. Uh, yeah, I had a hard time trimming these down because there's a lot of them that are really good. But some of, some of my favorites, because this is still one that I say all the time. <laughs> all right, Pop. Gennaro says, all right, Pop, you show me the arm, son. And then Pop, you just kind of flexes and rig. Throw the ball, genius. <laughs> yeah. And then, then kind of that same part. He's like, I thought you were going to do one of these. I do. I say that one a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then, so there's a lot of, so a lot of these are Gennaro and Rig playing off each other. So like, this is another one where Gennaro says, keep your eyes on the ball, son. And Rig says, while you're at it, keep your hands on the ball. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rig says a whole bunch of ones. How the hell do you expect us to feel the team? And Dion I don't. No. <laughs> Come on, Banks. You're supposed to be hitting a sled, not humping a butterfly. And you gotta say you gotta say it in the Robert Loja voice. You gotta it's say it with like that raspy Robert Loja voice. Yeah. Gen- this was one of my favorites. Well, at least we have the home field advantage. The Alamo was the home field. <laughs> uh, Vander Holyfield is a good one. I don't feel so good. I think I swallowed a finger. And then you wrote this one down too. If this wasn't friggin' AstroTurf, I'd dig a I'd dig a grave here for myself. Yeah. Well, okay. So and we gotta say Rob Schneider pulls out a little bit of the SNL fumble, fumbleia. Sergeant Fumbelina Wilkinson fumbles the ball. And then this is this is probably my favorite quote of the whole movie. Well, just the very end of it. And he talk, he says, you know how to play winning hard-nosed football? You play at football like Agenera played football, a guy who gave his life to this football team. He was a 140-pound half guy, and he played like a goddamn wild man. No, like a goddamn red paging beast. And that's what you got to go do. You go out there, you tear their fucking heads off, and you shit down their necks. Let us pray. <laughs> that's the best part, yeah. That's, Let us pray. That, that's the halftime speech. That's the best part. Yeah. Janeiro. Uh, they're talking about uh, his well. It's when he has the heart, the heart issue. Yeah, is it fatal indigestion? Only in Mexico. Only in Mexico. <laughs> Rig on the so this is during the last game where Rig says, "Don't throw it to Stonehands," <laughs> and then Niederman goes on to say, "He's wide open." Well, that's nothing new. Can he catch the ball? <laughs> uh, this whole this well, all right. I'll say this next quote by Niederman. And then I want to elaborate on the, on the final one. Big sack by Manu, Manu Mana, the slender who does his I'm going to go out and get some poi sack celebration dance. I love that one. Yeah. And then Niederman, now how can the ref call that? It was a clean kick to the face mask. And I will, so and the ref is like ninjutsu, ninjutsu style thrust to the tailback. Roundhouse lunch kick to the up back. He goes, oh, like a Tommy hand sword block to the, oh, shoot, never mind. <laughs> 15 yards, first foul, first down. I love it. From when Samurai just beats the shit out of everybody. They show us no respect. Well, obviously, the quotes of both films are a little bit different, uh, you know, tone, <laughs> to say the least. A little different, yeah, a little different tone, and yeah. All right, so a little bit of the scene stealer. Let's, let's, let's talk program. <laughs> there, there are three for me. Um, Holly Berry got Alvin Mack and the outlay out of her. And I really think there's only one answer here, but I want to hear what you think first. It's Mack. Really? I think it's Mack. I was going to say Latimer. No, I think it's Mack. All right. Well, we'll agree, agree, disagree. Here's why I think it's Latimer. Cause there are scenes when those two are together. And I think Latimer kind of takes them over a little bit. I don't know. I just, I do think Mac though takes over every other scene when he's with when he's with Joe Kane when he's with uh, James Con anybody yep anybody else mm-hmm. and then for necessary roughness again we have three but there is one right answer we've got Coach Rig uh, we've got Chuck Niederman and then Dean Elias 
I, you know, I forgot about Dean Elias, especially the part where he's sitting on the bench and he's going, fumble, blue ball, blue ball. And somebody blue in the, ball, blue, blue. Blue. the man goes, shut up. <laughs> Sit down, you jerk. Sit down, you jerk. Coach Rig wins this one, though. I mean, it's, it's Robert, Robert, Robert Loja. Is, it's is Robert Loja. He's, he's the scene stealer. Totally. Yeah. All right. So a little bit of nostalgia, impact, lessons learned for the program. First of all, I thought this was a really... I don't know. I feel like a lot of times other films are much, I mean, listen, there's definitely like the corny Disney ending to this one, but at the same time, you still got Alvin Mack career ended. You still got Latimer clearly on drugs. You've got people graduating. Like like it's, it took a really real look at collegiate sports. Um, How do you fake an actual urine test? Like collegiate athletes being paid and really addressing that the whole idea of chop blocks and why they're not allowed anymore. I mean, yeah, why you shouldn't be doing them. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, those were some really, like, lasting thoughts I had, like, walking away from this movie, even back then. Um, we already kind of mentioned the football carrying around. That was kind of a thing. You carry around a football in high school and try and get people to fumble. And also, man, those early 90s those, clothes. Yes, those clothes. Oh, my I mean, goodness. You had a lot of jean shirts and bright-ass sweaters and overalls and just just nonsense. You see a little bit of that in Necessary Roughness, but you see more in the program for sure. Yeah, you really do. So, and I mentioned it, you know, at the very beginning, but like one of the things that caught me was, you know, Necessary Roughness is what happens to programs like the program when they get caught. Mm -hmm. And just the idea of the lovable losers, like they, they, they don't, they only win one game, but you know, they, they come together at the end and it's a, it's a ragtag bunch. It's, it's it's a reusable plot line that people have used many other times, which when I started thinking about this, rewatch this, you know, for the first time in a long time, really reminds me of the replacements. It's got a strikingly simple, like the replacements use this. They, they yeah. almost carbon copied it just from everything. Like yeah. Pro, they win a few, they, they win a few more games, but just like, down to like the love interest and leaving the team and coming back and like all that stuff. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, yep. Fuck KU because they tie them in a monsoon and Scott Bakula. Is this his peak? He's still doing stuff. I mean, he's in NCIS new Orleans, which I just heard today is now getting, this is their last season. Cause they're not getting renewed, but um, was this his peak? I mean, could have been it's hard to say because quantum leap is his peak but also this happens like after two seasons of quantum leap he's still filming that for a couple more seasons after this so God. this happens during the peak of his career i'm not sure this is his peak but it's it's that same time frame yep all right i got some questions for you for the program what school do you think esu is supposed to be and so let me throw some things at you first of all their colors they're called esu which sounds similar their colors are red and gold they've they're the timberwolves so you got to throw that in there like like where are they the timberwolves are an appropriate mascot and they also play against the part that stumps me they play against mississippi state michigan texas unc and iowa and i get i understand like you you play teams outside of your conference but is there any even crossover at all here with any of these teams i guess i would say the university of minnesota you think they're supposed to be Minnesota? Okay. Well, I'd say that's the closest get bet because it's the same. It's similar colors. 
you have two Big Ten schools in there in Michigan and Iowa. You have out of conference with North Carolina, which at this time would probably be a cream puff game. North Carolina's football cram program was good now with yeah. Mac Brown at the helm. Texas is always good. Mississippi State is up and down. So you could you could see, especially with a top-notch program, you're going to have a good out-of-conference schedule. You're not going to play cream puffs. You're going to have a couple decent games on there. So I would say, based on all that information, Minnesota. That's good. I, I was thinking Florida State, but yours makes much more sense. <laughs> the weather also, you know, maybe lends itself a little bit to like a, a, a warmer climate. Like, like if you don't, if you take all those teams out of it, it almost feels like like and like the whole Timberwolves thing. It's USC. Yeah, yeah, it could be. All right. Anyways, I, I, th- that scene when they're running like and they're doing like this this like really deep commentary on what it's like to go to battle. And they're having these, these they're sitting in like, it looks like a ballroom and they're all dressed professionally. And next thing you know, they see him running plays with in bare feet. Who does that? I don't know. No <laughs> Is that one. a thing? Is that a thing no. that teams do? I never played football and I wouldn't know, but it doesn't seem like a thing that you would do. Seems odd. seems like they're having like a weird, like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's an odd scene. That's an odd type of montage thing going on there. All right. What would the penalty have been for Latimer when he rips that quarterback's helmet off and then runs to the sideline with, with it? Unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah. That's what it would have been. All right. 15 yards. 15 yards. Yep. Replay down. Yeah. Because the game's over, right? Okay. What do you think Alvin Mack does as a career? I think he turns into a coach. Because I think, you know, he didn't know, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he obviously wasn't very book smart, but he didn't want to be, he probably could have been, but he's, he was super, like you saw him in the film room. He knew everything. He knew the inside and out. He was like, oh, well, I do this unless it's this guy and it's this and it's this. So I think it turns into a coach. Yeah, that's good. I like that answer. What do you think is cooler looking big shoulder pads or the black visor visor? Well, that's definitely more intimidating. You think it, you think it's cooler looking too? I think so. Yeah, I right. think the black visor is cooler looking, unless yeah. you have like the like Brian Cox used to have with like the 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 like the board behind your head. Yeah, playing linebacker <laughs> like he uh, did for when he played for the Bears. Like, yeah, that's intimidating. Didn't but, Brian Bosworth have that too? I think he did. Or he just had like a really big neck guard. I don't know yeah. if he had like the straight like board or whatever that thing is. <laughs> Do you think Kane wins the Heisman the next year? No, he's a head case. Yeah. Okay. No, I, don't think he, I don't think he wins it. I think he's, he's got, too, he's got Jefferson he's too, man coming back sophomore year. He's going to be, I think Jefferson might win it. I think Jefferson might win. It. I think, I think Kane's too much of a head case. I yeah. Think Kane doesn't make it in the pros either. That's probably fair. Right. All so, right. I've got some questions. Necessary roughness. How long does Blake stay in school? I think that's, I think he just does this one year. I think he's one and done. He was like, okay, I'm done now. I mean, do you think he comes back from the, I feel like he's hit the peak there. He won one game. Yeah. But I think now they can go out and they can recruit people and they can like say, listen, we're, we're we, like, we've got a lot of s- slots to fill. Look at what these guys did. Imagine what Gennaro can do with actual, you know, not 30 year old quarterbacks. <laughs> Maybe six on as a coach. I think he sticks around. I think that he finishes school. All right. So, okay. That's a different question. Like, does he stay in school that's, or does he keep playing different. quarterback? I think he stays in school. 
because you don't, I don't, don't I don't think, I don't think he, he keeps play playing quarterback. No. Do they win more than one game the next year? Yes. Okay. They beat they beat KU the next year. And is and yeah. And is Lucy on the team? Or was she just kind of like oh, a, a product of the of, of you know, necessity is the mother of invention and they needed a they needed a kicker and she was there. But after like what you said, like now that they can prove that like, hey, we can start recruiting, field a team, does she still have a spot? I think she still has a spot. I do too. I think they keep her around for sure. But the problem is that they got to well, they got to bring another kicker on as a punter. And but does she see? I don't. Does she kick off? Like they don't really address that. Like I know she's the place kicker, but because McKenzie was the punter. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. Maybe she learns how to do that too. Mm-hmm. Do Paul and Suzanne stay together? And and in general, and you, you're not a. I mean, obviously, it would be a problem in high school, but in college, like, is there an issue? Like. Is there an issue with that relationship? Like, would she lose her job for dating a student, even though the student is her age? I mean, you know I think I mean? as long as she's he's not enrolled in her class anymore, okay. I think that he's got to. And if he does, like, there's got to be some type of paperwork or form to fill out. But they're the yeah. same age. Yeah, and I agree. Like, I just didn't know if like that would like what the rules are about. I, I don't see I don't, a problem I don't, with that I don't because know. they're. Because they're because they are adults, I do agree with like the whole like she he probably can't take another class of hers ever again. Yeah, but they're still adults. Mm-hmm. I, this is just a, something that I noticed, and I actually threw this in like right at the. How does Banks get a bloody nose from pl- being in one play in that game? Because he takes his helmet off after he catches that game winning two point conversion. He's got a bloody nose. Yeah, I almost wonder if they like had him in more scenes. They cut those out. And he's, or he just ran into like, like fell down or something. <laughs> I mean, he did get nailed by flat top. Yeah. That, I mean, that probably is what happened. But like, he just got like picked up and threw on the ground. Like who gets a bloody nose from that? I mean, you see in films all the time, like the nerds, you know, just get bloody noses all the time just because whatever. So I, I, I noticed that and I'm like, really, how does that happen? Yeah. Racquetball. I didn't seem like it was a big sport in the eighties and nineties. Like it seems like totally. it's, it's, it seems like there's a lot of scenes with racquetball happening. Totally, and it, honestly, when you go back and like think about like movies from this time, like movies that are set in the eighties and nineties, there's a lot of racquetball going on. I like mean, a, just off the top of my head, like a, bit, I mean, big. Exactly, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Well, the, yeah, but maybe that was just kind of like the racquetball boom, where. You know, everybody, yeah. it was like the big thing, like, like jogging. I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's a soft J. Apparently you just go and run. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's similar to that, where it just turned into like fitness start. Like there was a fitness craze and racquetball was something that people just latched onto. Mm-hmm. Do you know the last time a collegiate team played Ironman football? No, I don't either. And I tried to find the answer and I couldn't, <laughs> it was very, very difficult, but it's, I mean, it's they- been, you have players that play both ways, but not yeah. entire like teams. Yeah, we're talking like 1900s, like early, early, or uh, yeah, like when the game was invented. Yeah. So I I was thinking about this. So they win the national championship the previous year. They are given the death penalty. They gotta field the team with walk-ons. Do you really think there'd be that few of fans in the first game? Like, what a dick move. If that's the case, right? Yeah, I mean, no, no, 
No, I think there would be more fans. So I'm trying to agree with you. Okay. Yeah. All right. That is kind of a dick move. It's like they bailed on their team fast. I was like, like this team is one. I don't know. I mean, they talk at the beginning of the, of the movie about they're like this perennial national championship contender and they yeah, just they won, won like three in a row or something like that. Yeah. And then the next year, all of a sudden, there's like 85 fans. <laughs> like what? And it seems and like then- they're. And they're playing in a high school stadium. It seems like, <laughs> like what? That was that was a quick the, ball from Grace. This, yeah, by the end of the season, it's packed for the for the yeah. Texas State game. It's packed. What right? a bunch of fair weather fans! Is all I'm saying. Like seriously, whatever. How so? How did those prison inmates get released again to watch the game? The dean got him out the first time. He's not getting him out the second time to support them, is he? I don't know. Maybe they made a deal with the warden. Is that Fred Thompson? Fred Thompson says, "Hey, all right, let's get these guys back out to intimidate the shit out of the." I think it was was Fred. Was he the athletic director? I feel like he's like the he's like the president or something. He might be the president of the university. You're right. He's above. So he the would. Dean. He's above the dean, so he'd have the power to do it. Because yeah, he was. Because when he was saying like, first of all, I want all these guys, I want all the security guards here fired." He was talking to Fred Thompson's character when he was doing that. So that's got to be his boss. Yeah. All right. This last question it kind of applies to both. Do academics and athletics really have like this whole trope of a uh, they do not like each other? Academia can't believe that they're paying people or they're they're you know people are coming out to watch sports and sports are like, hey, academics eat shit because we're the ones who generate all the revenue. Is that a real thing that happens? Do you think I, like? And I'm not talking about as far as fans. That's definitely what happens as fans. But is that what happens? Like amongst coaches and professors at these universities i mean honestly one i have no idea i don't have any firsthand knowledge from this at all i'm just speculating i would have to think there's a shred of truth to that there's got to be some kind of resentment towards that but there's also but there also has to be the realization like what i mentioned beforehand like half a university like for especially for like a large university like half their budget's coming from the revenue that's generated by this maybe not all by football but by the major sports yeah of which football is the biggest one that's the biggest a major football program like mizzou for example the football program's the biggest revenue generator they have yeah Period. yeah i think i think it depends on the type of school too I mean, I, you know, I think that I think that too, but like, I mean, especially for like this situation, yeah, because they were cheating constantly and got caught. So there probably will be some resentment between, you know, the academia and the football program at that school. But I think there's probably a hint of it everywhere. Yeah. I think that's probably fair. But I don't know. Yeah. I, again, the, the conversation is different if you're talking about. And the pendulum swings the other way and no offense to certain schools, but I think we can all agree Alabama having this argument is different than Princeton. Yeah. And for other reasons, for different reasons, right? Totally. I mean, probably a good, a good place to look would be a place like, would be a place like Duke or North Carolina, because those are really good academic yeah schools but they also have especially when we talk about like duke doesn't have much of a football team but they have a hell of a basketball team north carolina is now starting to get both but it's also a really good academic school so it'd be interesting to see how it looks at a place that excels at both like stanford yeah, mm-hmm. yeah stanford's a really good example actually yeah. good job hey i do what i can <laughs> 
All right. Overall winner. It's a tie in categories, but my question to, to you would be, which one are you watching, rewatching again, first, next? Necessary Roughness. Me too. <laughs> uh, that movie just gave me much more enjoyment. The program is, it's kind of like the conversation of any given Sunday versus replacements. I think any given Sunday is a better movie. I think that the program, as far as like dramatically a, a made move, a well-made movie, I think it's better. But necessary roughness is necessary roughness and replacements, but specifically this conversation, replacements, necessary roughness. It's a fun movie to watch. I feel like necessary roughness knows what it is yeah. and leans into it pretty well. And I think the program tries to be more serious than it should have been. I feel like like we talked about this before. Like, I feel like a lot of the parts were overacted. I thought James Kahn was awesome. Yeah. I think he did a great job in his role. He was really authentic. Mac. Uh, Dwayne, I can't remember, Dwayne Davis, whatever his name is. I think he was good in his role, but I think like some of the other roles were just like, eh, like almost like a tad corny. And I'm like, really? Like, okay. Like if you're trying to be real, you're not doing a good job because I can't see anybody saying that. Right. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so necessary roughness, like, exactly. Like necessary roughness, you know what it is. It's comedy. <laughs> Well, there we have it. Go check out both of those movies because they're both pretty fantastic. But you should maybe watch Necessary Roughness first because you will laugh a lot. Absolutely. A little bit of nerd outreach to wrap this thing up. First of all, our thank yous. I would like to thank the good people at Barton um, for making some pretty fantastic bourbon that I will be enjoying here as we wrap this episode up. For those of you who don't know, he's talking about 1792, which is made by the Barton Distillery, specifically the foolproof variety. Yeah, there you go. Here's my thank you. <laughs> and I'll thank um I'll thank the I'll thank um Modot, the road crews. They've been they've been working a lot here in Missouri. We got a lot of snow. It's been really cold. They've been uh probably going nonstop, keeping the roads safe keeping the roads clear uh no more snow in the forecast so you know everything should be fine but thank you for what you do that's amen brother if you want to connect with us send us show suggestions to nerds new cool podcast at gmail.com you can like and follow us on facebook as well as instagram at nerd is new cool podcast or follow us on twitter at nerd is the new co2 next episode this was a suggestion Wyatt Earp. Yeah, we're going to celebrate Wyatt Earp's birthday and talk about Wyatt Earp and dive into his historical significance, the real life Wyatt Earp, Wyatt Earp. But also, we got to talk about how he's been portrayed on film. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that and really just talk about. I think we wanted to. I think that the crux of it was: was he a lawman or was he an outlaw, or was he a little bit of both? A bit of both. Find out next time. But until then, thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.